Oh, yeah. Hi, my name is Jill. Look at my that. My favorite name is Jack. Hi, my That's name some... is Kaylin, and I am a whale. Hi, my name's Natasha, and I am cool. <laughs> None of these rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the super hot. Oh <laughs> my god. Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, where we discuss alluring villains and why we find them so sexy. We cover foes and scoundrels of all genders from the worlds of TV and film, whether it's action, romance, comedy, sci-fi, or good old horror. We're getting hot for all the wrong reasons. I'm your host, Eric Blake. Markella Dykes, Natasha Baptiste, and our guest. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Hello, I'm Kaylin Knowles. Now, Kaylin, last time you were on, that's right. We did have you play the elevator game. That's right. Now, from so, my recollection, so you are telling me. <laughs> you don't recall that. Maybe it's all a lie. Maybe. Would you like to do the elevator game again? I'd hate to do it. Let's move along. No, <laughs> that's fine. Too, too. Bad. And I'd like to lead you a tiny bit, because okay. the one thing I remember from your last elevator game is you finished it up, and we talked about some other guests' elevator games, okay. and you, as I recall, realized you hadn't thought comic books were on the, the uh, docket. The okay. docket. That's so right. if you want to include any comic book characters this time, oh, man. I will just say you didn't think they were allowed oh, last time. Okay. Well, let me, let's go through the rules, the elevator game rules. Um, the elevator game, you... As a guest, the, our guests are stuck on an elevator of a large size. Um, like a freight elevator. Like a freight elevator. Um, with three villains of your choosing. Okay. These can be villains of books, theater, television shows, movies, comic books, whatever. Um, radio drama. Radio dramas, you know, your favorite. You can be stuck in an elevator with them because they're really hot. Or because maybe they won't kill you, or you want to have a conversation with them, or maybe you can all work together to get out. Is this a situation where, like, the fire department has been called and they're on their way? You or... make up the rest, okay. so that is up to you. Yeah. And you get to choose the song that's stuck on the feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Just <boy>? kidding. <laughs> it's White Wedding, the elevator version. <laughs> Wait, do what song do, do, would be playing in the elevator? Do, do, do. I guess we'd have to think about that. A soft jazz version of something. Do, 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 like a do, do, Richard Cheese song? Yeah. I'm stuck in an elevator. Do, 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 with three villains. Mm. Oh. Wow. Now I'm just in a detective's office. <laughs> the year was 1927. <laughs> yeah. I had never seen an elevator before. 1943. And then a dame walked in. It's all oh, yeah, 1927 might be pre-elevator, actually. <laughs> well, my first choice, I'm going to presume that we're stuck in here and we have no contact with the outside world. 
Yeah. And it's up to us to escape. Or have long conversations. Like, like you. Um, so, my first choice is going to be a very... Just like a very smart robot. Mm, Are you making up a villain? I'm just... Help me out here. Are we supposed to name Name a smart robot. Does Sunny in iRobot... Is there like an evil Sunny? The AI that controls the other robots goes evil, but Sunny was made as an independent AI. And the other robot... Is ah, it's the intelligence. I don't remember what her name is, I but it's a female name. In the computer animation movie Robots, there's an evil robot. I'm sure. I found a plan. IG88 from Star Wars. Yeah. Presumably, he doesn't have a bounty on me, so okay. he's going to want to proceed to his next bounty. So he's going to get out of that elevator. What does he look like? He's. I would just like because we are building one right now in my Star Wars group. He is about. Seven and eleven inches tall, mm-hmm. robot, very spindly, very uh, geometrically, just very straight lines, but uh, rounded head, slightly rounded torso, and then its feet look like Ew, feet. The <laughs> I know you like feet, so no, I just I... want you to know. What? <laughs> okay, you love feet, but they... I hate feet. They look like what you would, uh, what like a, a drill press would have for feet. Like, it's very industrial. <laughs> a very industrial robot. Droid one feet of my are my fetish. I have a Tumblr about droid feet. All right. <laughs> You've chosen a Star Wars character, and I'm just gonna let you get to the next one. What is because... it, Natasha? <laughs> Tell us another hero. Okay. Uh, so, I've got escaping taken care of. Um, so I'll probably just go... The one that's immediately popping to mind is the Brood Queen. Uh, it's an X-Men character. Just imagine Xenomorphs from Alien, but brown. Is this like from yeah. the comic book? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. And they're more, they have like a bug body instead of a humanoid body. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is, I don't know. You well, it's an ant lady from <laughs> X-Men. She just looks cool. I think you mean the Brood Queen. Yeah, the Brood Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he's, yeah. If you followed the Psylocke Psychic Wars, you will know that the Brood Queen is not to be traveled with. Right. And I would not travel with her. But I travel with her in an elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess to wrap it up, I po- Poison Ivy, I guess. Because she's pretty. And, Which uh, iteration of Poison Ivy? The comic book one. Where she... Uh, Which comic book one? She's got the green onesie, the red hair, uh, and, you know, like a vine monster she's riding on. Just the classic Batman animated series. Okay. I'd like to hear her opinions about the environment nowadays. <laughs> wow. So she's there for a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to well, look welcome. at the... I want to look at the ant lady. Yeah. Good yeah. queen. I had, a, I had an action figure when I was a kid, I think. Okay, that's cool. I do think that they based the StarCraft Brood Queen a little bit on on or uh, oh no, sorry, her name's not Brood Queen. The Marvel Comics is Brood Queen, but uh, StarCraft. uh, I can't think of her name. It's a singular character that I thought was like not as aliens Geiger as Brood Queen, right? But (laughs) hive mind wise, was a, a similar a similar parallel. Were they called Zerg? Zerg? Zerg. The Zerg were very Geiger, but their leader was very 
was more like the Borg Queen than Brood Queen. Brood That's queen. a little shout out to our Star Trek fans. Okay, I thought you were saying Brute Queen, and I was like, oh, there is nothing on that. <laughs> oh, she's Googling it. <laughs> you got a bunch of wine. <laughs> I got wine first, and then I got, well, no, I got shaving cream. Oh, oh shaving Brute. Queen, that'd be a great After super villain name. Oh, yeah, it does kind of look like. Ooh, I like her. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think she's telepathic. So we oh, could have a conversation. Is... You have to have psychics. I'm gonna say, based on the photos I'm looking at, she is <laughs> a lot more attractive than the alien queen, than the xenomorph queen. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also terrifying, but I mean, that's her charm. Well, that's but part like, of it. way more bangable. Oh, especially in this picture. Oh wait, no, that's not <laughs> well, that's her. Like... That's other people. Oh, I she think is she's morphing. Like anamorph- it's anamorphing. Uh, listeners, I can't to... see what they're looking at, at so my They're definitely looking at an anamorph. They're looking <laughs> oh, okay. at anamorph fan art. <laughs> she's like, Creed, she's going which from is an pretty great. To, like a sexy lady. That's, human yeah. lady. Uh, I believe at some point the X Men start turning into the brute, so that's Storm turning Jesus. into a brute. Oh, it's wow. Storm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's my short notice uh, elevator crowd. It'll always be mm, short notice here. Yeah. <laughs> I got some of my favorites for sure. All right. Um, We are going to change around the format of the podcast. This is format three. Welcome to Hot Bad Pod 3.0. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to be doing um, from now on, parentheses maybe, is um, for the first half, of our show we're going to discuss the film or television show at hand just in general and then in the second half bring the villain into the mix oh because that's gonna, what we're here for this is going to be like a surprise and you would bring them into the room and we'd interview them oh that would be, that would be <laughs> horrifying in some sense. uh what's the guy from game of thrones the, the one that we covered oh yeah weren't you the one that we covered one. Ramsey Bolton. Everybody. Oh, no, we did cover Ramsey Bolton okay. from yeah, Game did. of Thrones. Here, That's comes, right. That's here right. comes Ramsey Bolton right into our living room. That won't go badly for us at all. That was, oh my God. We all caught on to it and just perfectly moved into that bit. Just be like, wow, can you just keep talking? What? He would skin us alive No, five I, months from now. No, I meant like the actual actor, not the... Oh, the actor. No, I was yeah. talking about the character. Oh, no, not... I don't want him anywhere near me. The actor. Yeah, <laughs> He'll bring his dogs. Like, no. <laughs> um, so, I think that The Fifth Element is a very good uh, first run for this new format because I have a lot to say about this film in general that has nothing to do so great. with our villain, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. And I'm just going to say I loved his name because there's a lot of Jean Baptiste in my family. Because <laughs> he's like part of your family, a little bit. Pretty much he is <laughs> my name. uncle. I want to start talking about Zorg's accent. I know, but... The back of the show. That's right. So yeah. let's start with the film itself. It's literally one of my first notes. I just want to open up... That accent. Yeah, so save it. I'm just going to open up this conversation by saying I have little understanding of this film it's my third time seeing it um i didn't really get why they took the stones away and then why the stones were in the lady singer and then i can answer those questions why lilu <laughs> is a hand like was one of the aliens and then was a hand and then was a, 
Oh, there's that a was what was left of her. That was what was left of her that they rebuilt her from. Yeah. Well, here, so just really quick starting question: How old were you when you first saw this? Whipping it around. Uh, I'll go first since you're looking at me. He pointed at you too. <laughs> uh, I was. I'm gonna say. When did this come out? I am 19- actually looking that up 19- right now because I was like. It's 1997. Oh, that's what I was going to guess. So that was one year after the release of the Nintendo 64. I was 12? 7? 13. Yeah, I was 13. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, We can all guess. We can all see how old we were based on what year you were born. Yeah. That's normal. That would make you you 85. So I'm 86, so I was 11. So I was 11 as well. Yep, you're 86. I was about 10. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, And I was with my mom. It was the middle of the day. We were visiting one of her friends, and he mentioned this movie and that it was great. And my mom was like, you want to go see it? And I was like, in the middle of the day? Like, this was like a new... This like when we would this go to your the first theater, matinee. Yeah, oh. it was just like it was a big deal. It's a she French word, like... so it should be a French <laughs> film. So we like we just went and saw it in the middle of the day, uh, and it blew my mind. And I was watching it with my mom, and there's a couple scenes where Lulu takes her top mm. off, so that was a very uncomfortable moment in my like, <laughs> teenage life. But so that is how old I was. What was the question? How old were you when you first saw it? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my God. big impression. And then, uh, so you were 11, or you were 12. 12. I was 11, and my dad loves Luc Besson, uh, but hadn't showed us Leon, the professional. He hadn't showed us any of his stuff, but this came out, you know, he knew we liked Star Wars and sci-fi, so he wanted to pick this up. But my parents had also played us tons of Monty Python and movies with nudity, like... okay. I think Dances with Wolves was the first one I remember where I was like, eh, uh, <laughs> na- this naked cuddling is interesting. Is that the noise you made? Uh, I was like, uh, those adults are cuddling, but they're naked. I thought that sex was taking a bath in the bed, mm. but I thought it was weird because they were the same age, like when your parents give you a bath, but they weren't in the bathroom. Ta- I yeah. mean... You're not I was, wrong. Uh, Naked cuddling is also not wrong, I suppose. Yeah. Very conservative, so I thought kissing made you pregnant, so. There's that. Wow. Well, until I got older, and then I found out there was more to it, so. We all have to grow, grow up sometime. <laughs> we all we have our little hurdles we get over. <laughs> Just. But that is, yeah, that that is, quick answer, yeah, that's my memory. I was, I was into it, because I was like, oh, man, there's nudity, and everybody's doing a pretty good job on this acting bit yeah and this was pretty well before internet was a common thing so it wasn't yeah. like we'd it's I, I hadn't seen it yeah before or anything. yeah and the music was <clears throat> superb to the point where i was like dang like what is this electronic music <laughs> yeah. like it's so yeah. when that alien sang i was like oh yeah oh, <laughs> i mentioned that oh, i loved it we'll get to that okay. yeah markella age and oh memory i'll go last did your dad she, or your mom she this? just saw it. you just saw it right no it's what no this was my third time uh well, i saw it in the theater my mom took me and i didn't like it she did hmm. Yeah. Hmm. that end i saw it because my dad really likes action in horror films and i really like action films and anything weird but i didn't really understand it i didn't understand what was going on i just knew that i liked the lilo character a lot like i thought her hair was really cool and i was like 
what is happening? She can, like, fight, and then she can learn things really fast, which I was super into. I was like, like Johnny Five. Yeah, like, she just learned English, and I was like, what? Oh, and I remember, I had to be older when I saw it, though. I definitely didn't see it when it came out in 1997. I liked the movie even more when I found out that Lilo wasn't just a model, but she also had, like, this crazy metal band in Russia. And I was like, oh, my God, like, she's so cool. <laughs> she, um, she does all these things. And I didn't care if it was good or not. I was just like, okay, she just wants yeah. to do things and does them. Mila Jovovich completely became America's foreign s- sweetheart on this movie. Yeah. And then she yeah. gets Resident Evil years later. Yeah. It's just like, That's right. yeah, America and had a bone loved her. Resident Evil, and so then, then I was just like, Ultraviolet. Let us not talk about that. Yeah, we don't have to get into why, that. Why are you bringing up that? <laughs> like, everybody's stuff. We're talking about, like, <laughs> why we like Mila Kovic. No, but I'm bringing up all the Like, violence. perfect their entire lives. <laughs> We've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We love you, Mila Kovic. This time right. through, I will say that it was like, this time it's... through watching, I was like, oh. Yeah. The perfect human is this white woman. Right. It's like, oh, ah. It's not even the This is thing. the most problematic. It's viewing of this movie I've ever had. I was like, wow. I'm happy that this perfect female specimen wasn't like a straight-haired blonde woman, at least, with blue eyes. Oh, I was blonde underneath there. But I do like that (laughs) she she stood up. Well, her roots were blonde, and it was like a whole thing. Oh. um, So the perfect woman dyes her hair a funky color? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I did like, however, when... And I hate that they fell in love at the end. That's the thing that annoyed me. Bruce Willis's character—I always forget his name. Why would, the, per- character... why would the perfect being fall in love with that Corbin Corbin Dad? That version of Bruce Willis with a so douchebag. Humdrum, no. Humdrum, boring. Stick the, in the mud. Just like I mean, me. he is the epitome of just the douchiest. Like, oh my life, because my wife left me. Like, and the worst not millions of other bitches on the planet. And then he had the gall to kiss her while she was asleep. Yeah. You dick. But the worst thing. And then bit. he's like, oh, sorry, ha. Huh? And then Hilarious. he turned into a weird stalker, obsessive, ugh. I was like, you're less and less attractive as this movie goes on. And I found him attractive in the beginning, which was my note. And then right <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> I was like, oh, I liked him with the blonde hair. And I was like, ugh, Bruce, what? <laughs> like, well, what after, just right do? before, before he commits sexual assault <laughs> right after you learn that he's a divorcee he says that he's looking for like a woman who's perfect it's like dude God. i was like you're playing like a very imperfect character here it's like huh. and he and it just showed it was like it's like those dudes that are like seriously a three and get mad when tens don't want them like but you live in the basement of your mom's house. You smell like mildew. You look like you literally don't care about life. Yeah. Like, you don't deserve someone who does. I love <laughs> I love that we're rooting against him now. Because I was like, I totally remember being like, like yeah. In a closet he's such next a, to he's a speaker. Like, you're what? a former serviceman. <laughs> Not only that, but you're so bad at driving a taxi that you are one point away right? what is from losing your own job, but you want a perfect woman. The perfect woman. She needs to be perfect. And then gets her somehow. Because well, you might because... say she 
falls into his lap. Yeah. She all, she Cat, sorry. But she was reborn, so she has the brain of a child. That's yeah. how he got her. Well, no, but she <laughs> learns very That's... fast. Like, she learned English in, like, ten minutes, and then she learned about the whole world's history yeah, in, like, another Yeah, but then five. the alien singer lady told Corbin that Lilu needs him. She needs love. Oh, and that part. <laughs> she needs you. But she didn't get she didn't get to W until after the massacre. She's like, I gotta look up this right, yeah. war thing yeah. that's only propelled history through decades. Like she missed Holocaust. Pre- oh. She missed uh, murder. She wrote yeah. about it just Well she got to war. she got to chicken and she was like, Chicken good. <laughs> right. Chicken C G. Oh, and then she for just good? Had like, yeah, she never got to Holocaust, that's what man. I liked about her, because she was taking, like, a whole chicken, just like, yes, bitch, like, <laughs> yes. eating it, just like, this is how you eat food, right? Just, like, with your hands and sloppily, like, yes, perfect being. Please perfect eat, like, being. <laughs> Going back to what you said, Markella, about yeah. she has, like, the mind of a child. That's, yeah. like, a trope in TV. I think it's just called Just Born Yesterday, and it's when, like, the main attractive female character is, like, very innocent. And she's and also child, looking like, her for her kidnapped dad that she calls daddy the whole movie. <laughs> Something My like that. My daddy's missing. Yes. I'm 37 years old. But the, <laughs> she's also the love interest, so it's very right. weird. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. That's what I like to call gross and yeah. pedophilic. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're on the gross track, I <laughs> would re- be remiss if I didn't mention that the director whose wife was the alien singer lady. Right. Uh slept with Mila, like, all throughout filming this movie, and then they got together. Right. They did? Luc Besson? Yeah. And Mila Jovovich? They were fucking, and writing to each other in the made-up language, they were writing each other letters, like, physical handwriting in the different language letters to each other. It was different I mean, it's gross, but also impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> French and Thank Russian you. relations. And was like, that language made up that she was speaking in yeah, the movie? Yeah, yeah. She did that so fucking well. Right? I was like, she did. is this just a she... random language that no one knows about from the <laughs> yeah. world? Because there's so many languages. Yeah. Like, there's only, like, five that people really know about. And then there's, like, so many other, like... It's hard to pull off a made-up language in a movie, too, without yes. it sounding really dumb. Unless you use that New York Times guy who did Dothraki, and then he ended up doing... Oh, he did another movie. He's done fake languages for two different very nice pieces. Really? The guy who did Dothraki, yeah. Fuck, he works The Dothraki is obviously another good example of how to do it correctly. I don't think he did you take this it seriously one, though. When you see I think it. this was kind of before his time, like... I think he was still doing research on languages before this came out, and then he did. Oh man, this is gonna kill me. People who can do this shit, like, how brilliant are you? (laughs) Like, you just made up a language for a movie. Like, all right, cool. I have how how long? All right. (laughs) And she spoke it so well, and like it had inflection, and like there was definitely like. That's how I felt. This made up. When she falls in the cab and she's just like talking a mile a minute. Yeah. That's like the most impressive. Yeah, the yeah. sets were claustrophobic, and I felt mm. like even when they are showing scenes meant to be expansive, I don't know if it was just two, uh, 1997's problem or what, but um, like when they show New York City and all the cars buzzing around, it mm-hmm. looks like it was filmed like in Instagram square mode. It just felt really tight and small, and then when they show the plant, the luxury planet, like the fancy planet. That just seemed like it showed like 
flushed in One point two seconds of footage of like where they were headed, and then that was it. And like oh, yeah. every set, even the airport maybe was the most expansive scene that they did in the whole film. Besides maybe the ball, the the theater room when mm-hmm. the lady was singing. Oh yeah. Everything seems really tight and it's yeah. And I hated it. <laughs> well, wow. I feel like the city. It was like, even though we have flying like, cars, spend it's some still time. very cramped. Like, give yeah. us, give us a second. What's yeah. his name? What's the director? I don't Luke Besson. Luke Besson. Give us a second, Luke. Yeah. So that fake language, movie? just to do a quick fact check on that fake language, that was created by Luke Besson. Oh. And he, yes. he was just like, let's do this shit. Yeah. So yeah, no. Uh, oh, good for him. I mean, George R. R. Martin and I guess J.R.R. Tolkien have really kind of... Actually, Martin never really created a language, whereas Tolkien did. Tolkien created Elvish and two more, and uh, Klingon was the next one. I want to know if, like, a linguist watches this movie. Can they, like, pick apart this language, or would they be like, no? Oh, I mean, it's probably a simple code. If you think about it, it's probably, like, a replacement code or something. And then context, like, she wakes up and breaks out of a thing, so probably the first person she's seeing is like, what the fuck's happening? Where am I? What is this? That yeah. was... I mean, we know... What are all these things? We technically know the translation of what everything she says, probably. Yeah. Because it fits into the scene. Like, Oh, yeah, because she's just frantic, and then all of a sudden it's like, help me. I can't trust these people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I only had two, like, really, like, technical... Uh, notes on this. The first thing was like she drops into a cab and sees the words "help me" printed, and it's like, but everything else, like everything she's been contained in, has a fake English language on it. So it's like she suddenly gets those characters. But I mean, that's when you just realize she's a super being. Like right. it's 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 part of the exposition, I yeah. guess, that's done subtly. This time through, I was just like, wait a minute. There was nothing to. To prompt that she instantly understands symbols until yeah. this, but it is kind of the first symbols she picks up on. So, all right, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna. Well, go. I just yeah. I was. But, looking... And there's a picture of a scared child on it as well to help clue her in. I always thought that was the powerful message thing. When I was a kid, I always remembered that it was like, oh, she sees someone who needs help. But oh, this the, time the through, I was like, child? oh, but why does that let her? read the symbols as an h-e-l-p like i was like oh it made sense when i was younger honestly watching this the first time through like made way more sense because like he was appealing to my like my suggestibility and yeah well no but i loved it no but seriously how would she pick that up because when you learn a language you can learn it written to read it and you can learn it verbally and hear it so like i can read greek but I don't know what the words mean. I think the conceit is that she's just super smart. That's I think we, awesome. I had, I was like, I just have to give it that conceit right now okay. or it's going to bother me. I mean, she heard the people talking when she was in the room in the glass tube. She hears Corbin Dallas talking. I've seen the 13th Warrior. I know how it works. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I wish there was a villain in that movie. Um, did you know, so I read this online. Did you know that The Fifth Element is one of the only movies, they only do this very rarely, but this is a movie where the protagonist and antagonist never meet. Yeah. And they technically don't even, they aren't even aware of each other in the film. No, he's aware of them. 
Is he? Yeah, because he sends his uh, he, he sends uh, one of his guys his left hand his left arm or whatever. Oh, to get to the, the tickets. Thing, to, to get the tickets. But he just throws them away. They never fight. He's just but, like, this isn't gonna work. But is yeah. Zorg like, hey, stop Corbin Dallas, this taxi driver? No, he's just like, get on this. He's just like, get this on this person. Cruise. Impersonate yeah. the guy who won the contest. Yeah, the guy who won the. That's what I'm saying is they don't even really. Oh, oh that's so really, interesting. I never yeah. even thought yeah. about that before. I heard yeah. about that too. That they didn't really even know. It's not like Zorg is going, oh, Dallas. Yeah. Right. Because he just that. thought about the bigger threat, which was Shadow. He yeah. Didn't know that Zorg was uh, Mr. Shadow. But Corbin yeah. Dallas <laughs> never knows about Mr. Shadow. If you think about it, does, not until right. the very, very end is he like, oh, something's going down. Does Corbin know about Zorg? He doesn't know about Zorg. Well, I don't priest, think the whole yeah, because his, his Zorg yeah. owns the cab company that he works for. Right. I, he doesn't. Oh. He probably doesn't recognize him as a person. It's I just the company is called Zorg. That. That's funny because yeah. so where the cab company and Zorg uh, intersect is when Corbin Dallas wins the tickets. That's when Zorg could have interfered and been like, "No, my employee, actually, my other employee is getting right. these yeah, rigged so. tickets." But because it was rigged by the government, it goes straight to him. Right. So that's the only time where I think yeah. they could barely intersect, but they never meet, they okay. never fight. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that till just now. That's so interesting. Well, there are so many other villains. There's the yeah. What I realized or... is that Mr. Shadow is like the is that emperor. The big brutish guys. Yeah. They were just like little henchmen minions. They were stormtroopers. But I liked that Zorg was paying them, and they were just like guys doing their own thing. So they followed him, and then Zorg followed Mr. Shadow. And what I thought was interesting was, I forgot that like Zorg answers to Mr. Shadow. So by halfway through this movie, you realize that like Zorg has stakes. He's not just like fucking right. shit up. Yeah, he's yeah. he's just as liable. If he screws he's up, die. more black ooze is going to come down his forehead. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, what I is love that? that? Wait, we're I talking about, we can't talk about Zorg yet. All right. But overall, but... overall, since we're talking about the overall movie, I did realize that it was like, Zorg's not really the main villain. Mr. Shadow's the villain. Right. Zorg's like a Vader, but like, there are characters who are like, also causing... You know, if our hero is Corbin Dallas, there are people that are impeding his progress, which means even Ruby Rod is a villain, which oh, I I'm down with. Yeah. But you know? I also loved that, like, him and Debo from Friday were in the movie, and Debo was the president, and he was the, the like. Oh, and the president was so <laughs> serious. Debo was killed oh. in this. I loved him so much. Oh, even more this time. Like, and was I was just like, like, are they going to make that reference from Friday in this movie? Like, and any, there was that Chris Rock movie where he becomes the black president. It was like, actually, Fifth Element was actually had a black president before that. And yeah. he was the president of Earth. Oh, oh God. So good. There's, and, people, there's people that don't like that character. Can you believe that? that yeah. Don't like Ruby Rod. Oh, I loved Ruby I, Rod because he was... I okay, can't imagine so being that person. I, I put yeah. it in here like... Because he like I liked his hair and his person or his hair and his fashion because it was very um, feminine, but he had fuckboyisms that were like contradictory to the way that he dressed <laughs> and talked. Well, he's supposed to be the most like the guy 
for like all women. Oh there. yeah. So like every woman is supposed but to I be madly in love with him. I love that and he's like the the galaxy's like most famous like radio personality. Oh, <laughs> and like, he was like radio the, lives. <laughs> and he was the sexiest guy, and I feel like that made up for the perfect woman. That was like all right, you know, like this yeah. very. Skinny black guy. Oh, with, like, I didn't wigs. think about that. That's <laughs> but, fucking genius. Oh, and then there was times that the he would. Guy. He's the sexiest man. She's, oh, man. That's she's fucking great. the perfect that woman and he's the perfect guy. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. And we I, need to get I, Corbin Dallas out I of this movie. How, <laughs> oh, and his outfit for the opera where it was just like the collar was all roses. Uh, uh, I yeah. fucking love that. I also loved that he was like supposed to be this. Super, he was supposed to be this fuckboy, but then he was the one going down on the chick yeah. the entire and time. He, of the movie. That was like kind of like <laughs> this time through. I was like, that was like actually a little problematic. I was like, oh man, she's saying no a lot, but like he's Ruby Rod, so I was like, I was like, okay, this is still kind of funny even now, but like there are some people who might think this is troublesome, but. He's also being very giving, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still down with Ruby Rod. Like he's very, very. Oh, giving. there are so <sighs> many problematic, but then I just had to keep reminding myself, like. I mean, he's was... less problematic than the main character, oh, so I'm yeah. still, I'm cool. But I did. Oh God, I loved all the different hair, and I actually kind of liked how he had this weird Spanglish thing going on after when they were on the ship, and he's like. Doing this little spill, and he sees the stewardess, and he's trying to talk to Bruce Willis' character, and you're just like, "Wait, are you? Are you an accent? Like, what is this?" Well, and he would talk so fast, and he would talk like um one of those people that's at a when people raise their hands, like an auction, like Like an an auction guy. Yeah, yeah, but there's nothing to auction. He's like literally just like talking. Are you yourself, pretty much. Super green? Are you super green? I, li- I love that his like trademark autograph is just a paintbrush that's green and you just Oh, like, and he just <laughs> and it's just like a bunch Japanese. of Asian schoolgirls. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> or it should have been British schoolgirls like he was the Beatles, but when this was made, that totally made sense. I that choice for a French director was like, no, I've I've watched pop stars <laughs> in Asia. Um, they go crazy. I think yeah. that when I watched this movie, my letterbox review was just that Ruby Rod should have just had his own five minute short. But I I want to elaborate now because I've had time to think about it, and he should have had like. One of those internet TV shows where every episode is like 15 minutes long or something. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Oh my god, if he started his own Facebook channel right now with just like celebrity gossip that was well, Chris, 15 How old is Chris long, Tucker? Does he look the same? He can just be Ruby Rod again. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like if he was to do that for YouTube, I swear to god, like it would be so popular. Like, okay. Ruby yeah. Rod. At the next... <laughs> The next Seattle protest, we can all go out with signs that say, Obama, bring back Ruby Rod. <laughs> <laughs> or give, give Ruby Rod his own TV show. God, it would be so good. Just like a 15 minute little. I can answer your two questions that you had at the start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually very curious about that. It's the mid show fat chick. Uh, so, Markelly, you had a couple questions early, early yeah. on. Yes, sir. Uh, what were they? <laughs> Why is the stones in the singing lady? Oh, right. To trick the bad guys. Yeah. How did they get in her? She ate them. Yeah. She's an alien. It's basically she's an alien. Yeah. 
That's... There's no exposition on this because this is a French film and you get to use your imagination. Oh. So why don't we whip it around? <laughs> my How American do you think... mind! <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing my answer since we all get our own opinion on this. <laughs> the, the main thing that I was confused about several times, because I've seen this movie a lot, is like uh, those... the the, ba- the bad guys blow up the good guys and then they get one of their hands and then it turns into a human. I was like, yeah, what? So, what they, so the way they explain this in the movie is that basically they try to recover anything with DNA from the crash landing of the ship. They pick up this arm yeah. and they're like, well, it looks like this is a warrior. So they reconstruct using DNA the entire body. It's sort of like if we were to... But why did it but, get into the shape so of Milo Jovovich? in the in the intro scene in the desert when that takes place in like eighteen whatever with movie? Luke Perry mm-hmm. with Luke Perry which I noted I was like <laughs> who is like credited like no <laughs> he on screen during the end credits like he gets it's I mean he drops his accent <laughs> so they take a sarcophagus out of the uh, pyramid. So there is a human in that, and that is the fifth element. A being, if you will. Yeah. Perfect. Why it's not like an Egyptian person (laughs) when she's rebuilt. Oh, another problem. But, yeah. Racism. But it is... Not racism. French racism. So they are... (laughs) The reason they're taking all of that is because World War I is coming, and they don't want any of it around... To be destroyed. I'm sorry, but the oh. Middle Ages was a good time to. But the Americans in. did go and shoot the Sphinx's nose and fuck up the pyramids. So right. I mean, that's fine. He, he's making a small commentary on the Americans. But also, why they were bringing just the Fifth Element back to Earth, and the stones were stored in an alien Separate. stomach for safekeeping. I guess she was gonna get there eventually. But, and I, I guess you couldn't probably You're doing a lot of shrugging and, like, shaking your head. I, I don't know, say but I'm just talking. My, so my concise theory on this is that, so they say, we're going to return if evil returns to this planet. Right. But they also accounted for human trickery. And what they did was, they met a being who is somewhat psychic, which is this diva. And she's like, oh, you want to know about what's going to happen on that planet? Well... If you return to this planet, they're going to shoot you out of the sky. But, I mean, I could arrange to go there, and since I'm slightly psychic, I could probably arrive right around when evil does. So I'm going to eat these stones, or put them in another orifice of your choosing, because it's your narrative now. What is happening? It's cooling down. Clicks. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. You see the metal is cooling it's, down and contracting. It's scary. There's a man downstairs. It's with frightening me. Hitting a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> you damn kids. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of my assumption. There is that like they kind of knew they might get shot down because that's life it. on Earth was so inhospitable, and they were doing dirty deals with hostile aliens. Okay. That is a well thought out assumption. It's yeah, taken like me it. years to really <laughs> reconcile how this movie makes sense because I don't want it to go down as a big failure. Well, I feel like a lot of the things that were confusing for me, I when I was reading about how it came about, the director had like written this a ridiculously long script. When he was 13. That, yes, like so long, so long ago when he was a child that like 
I feel like when it finally came to a point where he's like, I'm going to make this movie, people were like, for three hours? Who's going to watch this? <laughs> it was just before a time where, like, making a three-hour movie was, except, like... I'm happy this wasn't three oh, hours. Oh, so am I. Oh, yeah. But I feel like a lot of our questions would be answered, like, why mm-hmm. does Zorg bleed when... Oh, we were going to get to that during Zorg. Okay, right. never mind. But... There was just a lot of unanswered questions. We never even got to meet Shadow. It was just like an enigma. Right. Yeah, it was weird. There's a lot of unanswered questions because it was all shortened down to like the good stuff. And there were things that were cut out that I thought would have made the movie like awesome. That they kind of like, we're going to change the scene. Like longer shots of anything? Um, yeah, there's just certain parts of the movie where they like, cut it down, um, we can talk about during Zorg, so, yeah. So, do before, we, before we, we get to Zorg, I'm just, I just want to whip it one more time, like, what was your, statements? what was your favorite part of this movie that wasn't Zorg, like? Oh, that's a good mm. question, Ruby Rod. Oh, man, Ruby right. Rod's so fucking great, So, yours is Ruby Rod? Yeah. I loved Ruby Rod, and I noted I liked the way that he mm. walked. Like the way that he would just walk into a room and mm-hmm. he's just talking like it was like fantastic. I loved his character. I don't want Ruby Rod to be a clean sweep, even though as a kid he was my favorite. But this time around is my favorite. Corbin Dallas's mom, who calls him <laughs> and fucking gets a hold of him on the ship at the end. One of my favorite moments is he fucking answers the phone even though he knows better, and it's his mom, and he's on the cruise ship. I was like. This is breaking so much tension. She's the best villain in the movie. She's just perfect. I, Corbin Dallas's mom. Seriously, big up this this time around. I'm have... so glad I was in labor with you for two days. <laughs> How could you not? How oh, could you no. not? Oh my god! Take me I can't. On this trip. Aren't I you listening to the news? <laughs> Oh, hey, I was oh. gonna call you. <laughs> and maybe it's because now, like, I'm, like, older. Call. But, like, oh, the mom stuff really, really did so well with me. Yeah. Um, uh, I have two favorite things that aren't Ruby Rod or Mr. Zorg. One is uh, the very stereotypical Chinese restaurant owner who yeah. comes up to the window and his, Does like, he... restaurant is a flying boat. Does he? Like, oh, do you, I want that to be a real thing. Do you pay? <laughs> but do you pay him, and then he makes your food, and then he sits there and waits for you to to eat it? I think it was just a I slow think day just talking with yeah. him. Yeah. Oh. You got your regulars because they're like friends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes me want Chinese. <laughs> I was like, why is he still there? Yeah. Like <laughs> that was fantastic. That's just a great. I also concept. really love the opera when yes. she started singing. I was like, is that? her real voice it was and oh then they God. dubbed it with another woman and then and didn't like tell so as i think you mentioned they were married book and yeah the, the woman who played the alien yeah and then they dubbed her without telling her so when she really? saw really oh i didn't know that this was different <laughs> oh anyway. that's fucked up and then speaking of that the like shootout scene at the end when there's like a moment of quiet and, like, uh, Corbin, there's, like, this celebrity who's just, like, this big bald guy who looks kind of like a baby who's around, and they yeah. keep mentioning him. Oh, but it's hot that he knows who Corbin is. Right, yeah. And, and and he's, like, pointing to, Corbin's pointing to this gun by this big celebrity, 
and he like grabs this like pair of balls and just like what? throws it like I don't think I was even paying attention at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, it was the deaf guy because he's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, that's what he keeps yelling yeah. 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 So he's like the gun, the gun, and he rolls and the balls just, over. It's and he's like, like this weird yeah. thing that I can just best describe as two things. I don't and like his, even remember his like, reaction of like... He's like a I've vapid the, the Boy George thing. parody. Like, very <laughs> vapid pop star who's Weird. just like... Okay. Yeah, but he's like... And he's, he's deaf, so it's he's like... Deaf. He's also inapproachable. So you only hear of him when they first walk into the opera because uh, Ruby is like talking about him. He's like, oh, and, the, and, the, and he's hard of hearing and he's surrounded by all these women. He's like, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, can't hear any of them. <laughs> if it wasn't... Yeah. So Ruby Rod was my top, like, until this rewatch, Ruby Rod has always been my favorite, but I was like, Corbin did Dallas's mom really made me laugh this time. I forgot how great that bit is. I forgot that they call it back way yeah. at the end yeah, yeah. when it's so inconvenient. But oh man, and Corbin Dallas's mom. I, was, uh, I thought of one I more thing. Of, okay. Her name is Havilland oh. Morris. Havilland Morris. Big up, Havilland Morris. Is she <laughs> someone like a? Is she like a producer? I mean, she was born in '59. Like she's been in the yeah. game for so long. Like she just does a New York voice. That was. Oh. Okay. They were like, "This would be perfect," and it works so well. <laughs> someone we haven't mentioned is Ian Holm and his priest character. The priest. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I love I that guy. I didn't care much for well, him. Well, there's this like... scene when he's at the bar and he's drinking away his sorrows, and there's a robot bartender, and he keeps saying, "Do you want some more?" <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I love that robot bartender. I do like when they land and he falls out of the like roof. And he's like, "Oh, are we? Are we here? <laughs> like, did we make it?" <laughs> he's great. Is that is that our wrap up to the movie in general? Without yeah, sure. yeah, it is. Much. It is some great shit. I mean, yeah, I noticed some continuity stuff that I won't bring up. <laughs> we can talk after the show. <laughs> I, I wish that the the sexy female outfits weren't solely for the male gaze. Oh, like, that is the last like thing I for, that is the last thing I should men. bring up on this. Jean Paul Gaultier well, did all the costumes. I want to say some of them are fucking amazing. The though. reason yeah. why I'm disappointed that it was made by men for men only is that I love those outfits, but I know that they're not for me. It's as if he thought that no woman would ever watch this movie. I actually thought the <laughs> stewardess costumes that slope, that show a crescent slice of boob, yeah. I was like, those are amazing. <laughs> they they <laughs> are. They're so, like, they they're are. not a corset. They're not a swimsuit, but I'm like, oh, it's so, like, That's my problem. That's my problem is all the, the women workers in this movie, like the McDonald's workers right. and stuff, I would wear their outfits in a, in a heartbeat. It's just that he did not have in mind a woman watching this film and going, oh, I love that. <sighs> he only thought of men being like, yeah, fuck that woman. I would <laughs> say, I totally Like, that's agree. what he was thinking, and everybody that was involved in the film was like, yeah, wanna fuck that. Fuck I, it, fuck I it. would totally <laughs> say that all these outfits are based on the male gaze, but some of these outfits, specifically the, the stewardess outfit, I was like... Yeah. If I was a powerful woman, I'd be like, ugh. I would definitely wear that. Didn't Britney Spears do a music video where she was basically wearing an outfit just like that? It was blue and it had the cutouts. Oh, yeah. Um, what was it? She's... <laughs> no. Toxic. Yeah, toxic. toxic. It's a good look. I did like yeah. all the men's outfits, too. They're mm -hmm. skin-tight leotards. 
Mm-hmm. And some of them were just wearing suits, which I thought was weird. I thought the suits were weird because they were so basic. It was like, but everybody else here <laughs> is wearing good, something like layered in. This like, is a good transition into what Jean Baptiste was wearing. Oh, yeah. I loved all of his outfits in the film. They Did were you? so layered so and. Much. The one that yeah. I remember, I don't remember his other outfits, but the one I remember is his kind of like artist's smock, because he's like an art dealer, right? That's he's an thought. art dealer, but he also dealer. does weapons on the side. So he's wearing this kind of puffy, like, like he, old school artist's, like, like Van, not Van Gogh, but you know what I mean. It's like a... It's all day glow. If you have like a kid's cartoon interpretation of an artist, that's what he's wearing. <laughs> like with the easel and the little paintbrush. Right. He's wearing that, but with that shiny late '90s material. Yeah. You like that? Right. Yeah, I now. liked all of his outfits. Oh, I'm like looking it up right now. Let's go into first outfit, which is yeah, the whole high collar day glow. Oh yeah, Ooh, I love that. Oh my god. With the vest. And well, was it a vest? He starts to incorporate these pinstripe elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting oh, with the vest. Stripe. The second time you see him, he has a vest. I don't like then it. Then he has an entire pinstripe. His, his, I don't like this outfit because his sleeves then, are too um, fluky. Just the pants. They're like very baggy and shiny. I don't like it. Do you think the plate on his head is an accessory or like a... Yes. My notes on this say, when are us hipsters going to start incorporating <laughs> a plastic head plate to keep <laughs> our tight fades <laughs> in shape? I was like, I don't think... That's... I, uh... I've wanted a head plate. <laughs> Eric, you tweeted that during your live stream the other night. Yes, that we've we started have. doing monthly. I, I think it was just an accessory. Yeah. Like it's part of his look. Like a visor, but it does nothing. Yeah. For me, it keeps from um, sunburn. Ooh. Mainly radiation because their okay. environment is probably so shitty. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those are his outfits. Is there like a third outfit? There must be so basically, it goes yeah, day glow. When he storms the ship, I feel like it's a different outfit. When he storms the ship, he has the pinstripe pants on. Now, oh, okay. the thing to keep in mind is, but he has during, the, during the weapons deal, he's wearing his day glow suit no, he's wearing with a pinstripe vest. Oh! But then, after the weapons deal, as he walks back to his ship and says, if they were real warriors, they would push the red button, he they has a pinstripe trench coat over his pinstripe vest and dayglow collar. I but remember nothing. Now this is important. His pinstripe trench coat collar is short enough that the dayglow collar still goes above it. Oh. So it's, the whole pinstripe thing is like any like gangster scene which is basically any scene but the first scene is pinstripe. Yeah. So he has pinstripe pants when he dies and in the last scene but the pinstripe keeps working itself into the day glow. So it's like super colorful, super colorful, oh, wow. <laughs> super colorful, super colorful, super colorful, super colorful day glow or black and white pinstripe over day glow. So I like that his character is either like most expressive but easy to get thing or just gangster ass. Yeah. Okay. It's more about the intent. Um, okay, so... Should we talk about his introduction? I was going to talk about his appearance. First. We really should oh, talk first sword, yeah. That's 
Um, a little bit of poofy uh, hair do. I just wrote big nerd, rich mama's boy question mark. No, I think this think... is just your opinion of Gary Oldman. <laughs> chipmunk, chipmunk tea, tea. <laughs> You're really being Gary Oldman. Warbly voice. This is his choices. I think this is his choice sure. for sure. Ancestor of Buster Scruggs. So the one, the last note I forgot to add from full movie is that this is this movie is a space opera that they put a space opera in. There's a space <laughs> opera in the middle of this space opera, and instead of being British like most villains in space opera like Star Wars or Flash Gordon, he's Southern. Right. So that's really, to me, the first introduction to Zord is Southern accent. Oh, I love how it's Southern and slurry. Warbly. And all these Warbly. little robots. Drunk on riches. Yeah. Get the stone. Man. <laughs> I think some of this podcast rubs off on me in a way that there have been episodes where I go through the whole thing of watching the film or show, disliking the villain disliking them the whole time all to the ramp up and then when we start talking about them and i'm thinking about them in my head i'm like mm, you <laughs> but i don't right i don't like him no i do no. see she said There's... no That's no that. i i said no to your to your Good questioning enough. yourself <laughs> like it, he i don't know i don't like his teeth and i don't like the way he talks i do like that they made him have some kind of comedic well and that's the thing so i feel like his outfits and his chipmunk teeth and all that is just because he is one of the comic characters in this movie and the way he walks yeah oh yeah he walks he's like bow-legged and crazy yeah like um yeah he falls into that category of villain that he kills a whole bunch of people and it doesn't matter and it's like He's like the comedic relief, so it doesn't matter how many people he kills. Oh, it doesn't totally. really land. And when he took the priest, and he's talking to the priest about, like, we need destruction and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why, but that, like, came back when I was talking to one of my clients today at work. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was like, oh, that whole speech that he gave made so much sense of, like, oh, it would be boring if there was no chaos. And, like, there needs to be chaos. But then at the end... He chokes on a chair, and you're like, oh, That's you're right. at it again. That scene, that scene is so good. It's so, that like, everything about scene. it is so good. Naked elephant thing. Oh, oh no, man. What is that for? With, I don't, I, with human I, eyes? I think I think, I think I have thought the same thing from the first time I saw this to this time. I'm like, hmm, this is a questionable elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, human eyeballs. What it's like is that, that for? What was that little scampy thing next to um, the, not Pizza the Hut, the one from Star Wars that's the Star Wars? the Hut. You're thinking Jabba of the uh, Kawiki and Monkey Lizard? Yeah, the little thing that's like, Salacious <gasps> Crumb. <laughs> that yeah. thing. Yeah, there you go. It's like that. He's, uh, he's an advisor. The but, elephant? No, no. <laughs> Salacious <laughs> Crumb in Star Wars is an advisor. That elephant thing... I think he has purely uh, carnal uses. I don't, uh, I don't I trust that I, thing for wait, a second. Wait, wait, wait. Why do people think that? Because I saw... It's kind of I sexy. think I heard that... What? I think we're all just attracted to it. 
What? Okay, because I heard that in a podcast, somebody called it the sex elephant. It is a sexy elephant. What are you talking about? Everybody thinks that thing is a dick-sucking elephant, okay? Oh. (laughs) I did not. I did not think that. that. I think it's there. That. As you were saying, it's all right. He's, he's let's a, whip it around. What did you think that he's a, he's a comedic <laughs> character? It's just there to pop up, and the audience is just like, "What's what he supposed could to that do?" For? But and all that's... the robots have a purpose. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Clean up but the peanut shell? Yes, that's the challenge to the viewer. Like a, I thought it was like a forgotten pet because he's like a sociopath. The first time I saw the movie, I actually thought it was like an oxygen thing. Like, it was like he like breathed because I had just learned about oxygen bars. But this time I saw it and I was like, is that sexy little elephant supposed to be suggestive? Stop like, calling it I'm like, sexy. Oh, stop it, you sexy little elephant. Stop giving me those eyes. Also, oxygen bars are so 2009. What are you They're, talking about? This movie was oh, 97. Wow. Before. The Phantom Menace and better CGI when, when inspiration. Say, I'm just gonna sneak that in there. When were you saying you discovered oxygen bars? I think I first. Two thousand nine. No, right? no, it had to have been late nineties. I first walked by an oxygen bar. In New so York City? it would have no, it would have been California, L.A., <sighs> London, no, Tokyo, Tokyo? USA, Hong Kong. Oxygen bars are not hard to set up and have. I, I'm pretty sure I've been Dallas, in the U.S. since the zero 90s. overhead. <laughs> They've been in oxygen bars and Hare Krishnas have been in the U.S. about the same amount of time. So I've definitely, by the time I saw them in the 90s, they would actually been out of fashion. And one person was like, I'll put an oxygen bar at this airport in Vermont. <laughs> They're all gone now, but I have to say, my, oh, only, one my only frame of reference for a weird elephant creature was 1997 when this movie came out oxygen bars now that i'm watching it in 2016 i'm like stop looking at those eyes you sexy little elephant it's disgusting yeah Jeez. uh i was gonna say <laughs> that thing he said about like how war <clears throat> is like awesome or whatever yeah i feel like that's a take on a lot of past presidents and officials and stuff that literally start wars to jumpstart the economy, which I think is bullshit. It's crazy that this is a pre-Bush movie. Is it? Yeah, it's 97. Bush? This is like Clinton 1997 was pre-Bush? Well, this is Clinton era. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's post-first Bush. I feel like first Bush was also like, let's start a war. Because didn't Mm. he do Desert Storm? Mm. Yeah, he also did a whole thing in Mexico, but, like... Was Mexico Desert Storm? No, 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 no. Mexico was, like, the war on drugs. But launching a bunch of missiles at a unknown entity does feel to me way more post-9-11 Iraqi war. Like, it just feels way more to me like a reaction predicated on fear instead of intelligence. Our economy was not jump-started by that war so maybe we should stop doing that except maybe not we as in us but like <laughs> the country itself does or i shouldn't even say that there's a lot of people who make a lot of money hillary clinton sold a lot of guns to if you're recording a podcast so you're still poor enough of an actor that yes this would have affected you in in yeah. defense of the movie 
It's a giant planet that's covered with liquid shadow that destroyed an entire fleet where of is, ships. Where is Zorg? Where is where does he's he on live? Earth? He's on Earth. Yeah, that's why he owns right? the yeah. taxi company. Yeah. Ooh, that's sexy. I like anyone who lives in New York and isn't Corbin Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because at least Zorg, you can have luxury. His, his office was, like, ten times bigger than Ooh, Corbin's, yeah. like, apartment. I saw a weird... <laughs> I saw a weird uh, thing online. You guys have seen this movie more than I have. It said that most of Zorg's scenes have, like, a circle above his head. Oh, yeah. Like a his, halo or something. His logo is tiny Z, massive O, tiny R, tiny G. Zorg. So, big halo. It's, like... Yeah, it's, and, because, and the O is a window in his office from the outside, so any scene in his office, it's the window right there. Okay. Oh, I didn't even put those two together. It's wonderful. He's Jesus. Yeah. He is Jesus. <laughs> um, I also liked that those other aliens that work for him are just, like, in like a more humdrum movie the villain would have these like minions that are like there for him mm-hmm. and he just like sends them out and they die but these people are just like he's like a business guy he's an art dealer and he has a lot of money and these guys are just he just hired Ooh. them and they don't care about him they're just being paid by him and i like that wow he really fucks up with them almost like the america fucked up with the somalis yeah, and the iraqis he's like very... you're not gonna get your way <laughs> he's very um arrogant when it comes to oh so uh, with yeah. his money i do love that half of this film is their revenge plot on zor i like that too. Oh. oh i loved that i also loved that he was just like you know what can't get it done right you do it yourself and then he's like and i died but i really would like to know trying. why he died trying. He needed to get those so badly for Shadow. Like, what did Shadow give you? Yeah. Okay, that's my favorite part of the... Well, not my favorite part of the movie. My favorite story section of the film is I want a million more conversations between him and Mr. Shadow. Because mm-hmm. I really like Mr. Shadow. And what does he look like? We don't know. Didn't they show him? Mr. Shadow? Yeah. He's the big fire planet. the planet. Yeah. Yeah, but when he... When he calls Zorg on the phone, don't they show Zorg? Don't they show who Zorg is talking to on the other line? No. They don't? No. Oh, Just... so I made that up in my head? Wait, what do you think he looks like? What is I his was picturing, so it's I was Rickman, gonna, isn't it? I was going to ask you guys, because what I was picturing in my head was basically um, a picture frame. And inside the picture frame is the cover of the movie Spawn. With like the big um, cape, cape and the glowing the... eyes. Oh. But I obviously the cover of Spawn is not yes. in the fulfillment, so I was like, oh, but what does he really look like? Because that is what I'm thinking. I mean, in my head. if they did show him, that probably wouldn't be far off. <laughs> I think Mr. Shadow is a really hot villain. And I don't remember what he sounds like. Because you can make him out. Apparently, him. I don't know what he looks like, but if he's a if he's an evil, a planet of evil, and he's a planet, and he's so evil, he makes gooey blood drip from people's heads and stuff. Um, and you can call people on the phone. I think that's really sexy. Alright. Because you can make him however you want. I like the planet. I'm sure he's just a planet. 
Well, yeah, he's just a planet, but if you wanted to make him whatever, you could make him. I guess I'm picturing, like, a cross between the cover of, the VHS cover of Spawn in a picture frame and, like, Lord Sauron from the the um, Return of the King animated film from, like, the 80s or 70s or whatever. Rough Yeah, the one with the, like, ugh, it was awful. Oh, what a horrible movie. I can't believe I just brought that up. Yeah, I do, I do wonder, I mean, I think it was, like, Mr. Shadow must have just contacted, I, I don't think it's mentioned who contacted who. I think I just Mr. Want, Shadow contacted him, didn't he? I just want yeah. a planet to call me. Like, what if you <laughs> were being courted by an evil planet? I'm Oof, into it. That'd be so hot. Ugh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, like, it, I think Mr. Zorg is just such a self-serving individual. Like, even if the Earth is destroyed, like, as long as he's still alive, that's all he really cares about. Isn't that what a sociopath is? I think that's his behavior, right, in this film? Did they? I mean, yeah. He's just going for his own gains the whole time. Essentially saved the Earth by not giving the stones to Shadow? By the stones not giving to Shadow? Because couldn't Shadow yes. basically just destroy the Earth afterwards anyway? I don't know. That's why I don't understand. Wasn't get this the whole point like, cool? Well, I mean, as long as I have them, what's the point of me keeping the Earth here anyway? I can destroy it and then move on with my day. I think if he got the stones, then he could have just destroyed the stones, and then Earth would have no protection, and he would have destroyed it. Yeah. What's your question? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, if it wasn't for these whole other people taking the stones and right he could have destroyed the earth anyway so like zorg would have still had nothing and how was right. he so blinded to that Ugh. anyways i think Green he thought is he was, crazy he thought he was gonna get <laughs> enough money to get out you know the universe is a big place as far as they understand that's true yeah but no one go okay that's not my business <laughs> um Okay, another thing I was confused about. When they got back into the pyramid, why wasn't that beetle guy there? Didn't he get closed in there? But he died, I think. Well, he yeah, did. He closed this on his hand, and then when they opened the doors again, he's That gone. was so sad. That was really sad. That's a sad. very good point. I was actually kind of... I was like, come that on, was beetle upsetting. guy, run! Yeah, he's a Mondo Shawin. A Mondo Shawin. <laughs> You're a Mondo Shawin. <laughs> well, thank you. And <laughs> you're welcome. That character reminded me of the villain in, in Happy. Where... Okay. Because <laughs> he wears this, like... Really? He has these weird sex parties, and he wears his, like, beetle suit. Like, this black latex beetle suit. That's a... It's, a, it's not a sci-fi show. It's just a normal... Oh, it is. People it's, show. It's on the sci-fi channel, so I'm guessing. Really? It's, yeah. Oh. Uh, and, oh, we're talking it, about the television series Happy. It's so weird. But as soon as I saw that when they came out, I was like, "Oh, this look like the Happy Villain, where he wears this weird black latex <laughs> beetle suit and then goes to this orgy where everybody else is wearing like latex." It gets huh. weird. I read that Gary Oldman based his character on Ross Perot. But then, <laughs> and like in hind, like in the back of my mind, basically all I'm picturing is a. Was that Amanda Bynes? Oh, shit. The little girl from All That. Yeah, Amanda Bynes. She did her impression of Ross Perot, and that's what I'm picturing when he says he based uh, Zorg off of Ross Perot. Oh, is her nine-year-old version of him from Nickelodeon. <laughs> that's so funny. Good. 
But then I watched like a real video of Ross Perot, and it's not that interesting. No, Ross Perot was not. He was just like an old guy with big ears. (laughs) Yeah. And they weren't even that big. I feel like impressions are usually more entertaining than the actual person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then. Uh, I don't know. The only other thing that I wrote down for Zorg was that he looked better in low light. <laughs> there was like one, one scene where it was a little shad- more shadowier than... Because this film is a very bright, brightly lit uh, daytime yeah. film. But there was like a... It was like towards the end where it got like kind of the, the big battle. And then he leaves his fortress like once and he gets killed immediately, like you said. Yeah. Immediately, well, I mean, he goes. He steps out of his office he, and he, he gets, gets blown up. Far, because he, he goes. He gets and he leaves. He thinks he and he goes it. back. Which I wrote was dumb. Like, why wouldn't you check? Because you saw that the first time. You thought you got the stones. There was he gets no tricked with two empty boxes because he's capitalism and he won't learn from his mistakes. And then he goes back, and then he waits till he gets back to his own ship, and he's like, still no stones. Great. So he goes back on there, a couple minutes left to spare, to defuse the bomb, mm. only to get blown up. I love okay. that his he gets the second empty box of the movie that he's opened up and been disappointed by. He goes a little more angry and goes back and it's just like, ah, oh, his delicacy with disarming the bomb. I mean, everything leading up to like the last scenes we see of him is so, so good. I think the only notes I have before we get there is I don't know why his desk has some of those buttons. And of course, I don't know what the sexual elephant is for, but nobody does. Well, you called it a sexual elephant, and you kind of explained why people would have those, so that's gross. Clearly we know your thoughts on the matter. Yes. It's just a round little guy. It's just very, uh, it, it looks like it wants to please. I can't. I, something about this element. <laughs> I did like their alternate ending, and I'm kind of sad that that wasn't, like, part of it. Oh, like, their shooting script was that Zorg survives thanks to this protective force field in his gun. Okay. It's straight on nearby moon, and his, the battery on his phone dies. So he's legitimately stranded on another like fucking planet and cannot get back home i like that i like that he gets destroyed because when we learn that he is in the thrall of mr shadow ultimate evil who's coming for us i always felt like right then i was like oh it's like gary oldman's vader because it's like oh there's someone more powerful than than zorg we yeah. kind of have had that impression before, so this time through I was like, oh, it's not like he's second bad character. He's actually just another sucker that evil has drawn into its plans, and there's, you know, Zorg is kind of the conduit between other people who have been drawn into those plans, but, you know, once he dies, it's like, yeah, pretty much everybody who fell for that is dead now. Yeah, I just, I was thinking about it in my head, like, oh, that would have been a funny way for him to... But the way that he died was also kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that he dies because the people he fucked over are like, well, we have this backup bomb. 
<laughs> I did write that down too. I was like, I liked how. Um, I oh, I Which the Mugglers the had their had a bomb of their own. How fitting! Like I just right. that was also really nice. But I I do like that there was like this whole written script of like he gets stranded out there. What is happening? On the shooting script, Zork survives due to a protective force field on the gun. Oh, and they he gets stranded a on a moon death. out oh. there. And because his cell phone dies, he gets like, or whatever his he was using, cell phone? or whatever he was his using, his cell phone on the moon. His flip phone. Yeah, the battery in his phone dies, and he gets stranded on the moon. So it'd be like a zoom out of him being like, "Hi, yeah, hi." So I and do just this face. I could just see his face, like, oh. And then it cuts to the next morning, yeah. and it's like Jack Torrance when he's all frozen in the snow. While <laughs> while I love that idea, I prefer that the aliens finally get vengeance on him because yeah. they've That's tried. It's they've nice tried for them. twice because he yeah. killed some oh, of them. So many. The one that he burns really badly is the one who finally sets off the yeah, backup bomb. Yeah, good. For and that was them. that was great. I'm. I'm glad they just shot that, because it works well. Yeah. The other thing that I kind of liked didn't happen was there was another part where they, at the end, where, oh, sorry, um, Bruce Willis and Lelou, like, get into the elevator and they're leaving the ship, and then right after oh, right. Zord comes out of the elevator and it's like, they almost met. here, and they almost met. Oh, in the shooting screen, they were supposed to meet, and then Corbin was supposed to, like, fight him for all the trouble he's caused, but, like... Fight him? Nope. How they did were... Zorg fight someone? No, Corbin was supposed to fight Zorg. And Zorg would just do what? Fight I have back? no idea. Exactly. I have no idea, but it wouldn't have ever worked, because there was a timer on the bomb, so there's no time to, like, have a fight scene and then right. also disarm a bomb. And yeah. this is definitely, I mean, like... I didn't even think about it until Mark Ellis said earlier that they never meet. I was like, oh, I just thought it was interesting that, like, the villain doesn't have a lot of, like, influence on the main character. Yeah. And as we've done this, I'm like, oh, shit. He actually kind of does because, like, he's also trying to rig the cruise ship prize thing. But they never meet. Like, their worlds never as far as the intercollide just is like, that Zorg sees Lilu. That's just like it. the end of the butterfly effect, uh, starring Amy Smart and Ashton uh, Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Hold on, Oasis. I love that movie. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I haven't seen that movie in Which so ending are you talking about? The one where they're passing cut. on the street. The not sad ending. There's the sad ending, and then there's the devastating ending that actually makes more sense, but it's so sad you can't put it in a movie. It was better, though. We'll get to it later. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's an ending to that movie where he decides... Are you decides spoil the butterfly effect for The me? director's cut of the bad butterfly effect is he chooses to never be born, and he oh, wow. shows him... More specifically. As a, as a baby in his he mom's stomach. He aborts himself. And he chooses to die in the womb as she's giving birth. Like his three other brothers, which yeah. actually makes more sense with the writing. But I prefer the other less sad ending that's still mm. really sad with the Oasis I'm a director's song. cuts purist on the it uh, makes more butterfly sense. effect. I have not seen the butterfly effect in so long. I have no idea what is happening. Yeah. I need to watch it again so I can see so it for the first So anyways. Time. <laughs> Zorg. 
Uh, Zord does not have the ability to change his past. Nope. Interesting that there's no backstory. Like, every villain, you're usually just like, that's why you're bad. That's well, why I, right. I guesstimated he was like a rich mama's boy or something. Yeah. Zorg is much more like a French action film, or a French gangster film, I should say specifically, where you learn that Zorg caused the interloping aliens to shoot down the peaceful aliens. So one thing I love about him, which I put in my notes, is like, he's the guy who fucked with the aliens trying to prevent ultimate evil. So he's kind of a that is huge so dick. Because isn't that what Mr. Planet wanted, or Mr. Shadow Mr. wanted? Mr. Shadow is ultimate evil. So Wasn't he sending them evil to Earth? No, no. So okay. here's the timeline. Mr. Shadow is I just is love a, thinking about... Mr. Shadow, okay. let's just call him... That character's name is ultimate evil. He is the big fiery planet. He gets somehow in touch with Zorg and has Zorg hire militant aliens to shoot down that incoming ship. I think he, So you learn he, that. When he absorbs those ships he like gets the radio. No you're talking about you're talking about the missiles that America sends at the ship. Oh that's right. The aliens shoot down the ship that supposedly has the stones. If oh man, this is gonna get a little rambly for a podcast. So <laughs> let's start right here. Aliens are coming to deliver stones to our planet to save us, but they already know they're going to get shot down because evils are human. Or, sorry, humans are evil. Okay. So they've already (laughs) taken the stones somewhere else. Sure enough, Zorg does hire aliens to shoot down that ship. Why does Zorg do that? Because he's predictably evil. Because they saw where we were going to go with capitalism. They saw where humans were going to go. Why? How did Zorg know that that's why they were there? Because he actually is smart. So he has... Remember, Zorg talked to the priests about the artifacts before. Like, he has researched enough into that religion to be like, Oh shit, that religion, everyone thinks, is a bunch of dorks. But they actually had it right. There is a ship coming back. When evil comes back, and what I have to do is shoot down the ship that comes back when evil comes back. Okay. So he does that. And and then we get to <laughs> the aliens do shoot down the ship, but the bo- the uh, the stones aren't on that ship. And they're not in the decoy that the diva brings either. So the diva is psychic and sees through a lot of plants and swallows the stones gross yeah but you this brings us up to the question you asked which is why does she have the stones in her tummy oh what was my question your question i think (laughs) that was one of your questions but the other question was about why did zorg stop the evil Oh yes, Zorg. <laughs> so Zorg was con- Zorg was contacted by this evil. We don't get to see that. We yeah. don't get to see that Zorg is already in on this. Somehow he was given knowledge about this whole thing, and he totally fucks up because he sells himself out, and then he sells out another race to do his dirty work. Yeah. He's very American in his approach to this. I mean, I gotta be honest, like, I'm kind of... Zork is kind of a, 
a comment on Americans, and I think that's why he has a southern accent in a French movie. But yeah, so to bring it back to where we're at right before the end of this film, Zorg has tried to get these stones, and he's failed every time because good has agents who see way ahead of evil, because they see ahead of greed. So finally, Zorg thinks he's getting these stones, he goes back to the ship to collect the stones, and a bomb is waiting for him from people he fucked over who are getting revenge on him. Okay, the movie that I wanted to see instead of what all of you just said, or everything that you just said... I, I, wish, don't, I wish it was a simpler movie. I don't care much for this film. <laughs> what I did enjoy and what I would have liked to see instead is I had time to think about why I liked so much Mr. Shadow calling Zorg on a phone. And this is why. When Zorg was talking to Mr. Shadow, he seemed really terrified and like small. And my favorite thing in the entire universe is when villains, like, shrivel up and, like, cower and, like, either sure. act scared or, like, be scared. Like, um, Hans Gruber from Die Hard when he's on the roof and he's like, don't kill me. Vulnerable right? villains. As soon as a villain oh, gets vulnerable. Mm, it's my favorite. So I love that. And I also, it just turns me into this mode of, like, Mr. Planet in, like, a goofy bumbling romantic comedy where he's just a planet and he's like on the phone talking to like he's all people evil. yeah he's like the ultimate evil and he like walks into the office and it's been raining and he like slips and like someone catches him and he's like i'm just an evil planet i mean i watch a movie about a planet and a human falling. yeah like an evil planet yeah and and everyone's terrified of him. Although I guess that's kind of what well, Guardians of the Galaxy But don't get us wrong. We don't want a Le Petit Prince remake. <laughs> don't you do it, Lupison. <laughs> in Captain Planet and the Planeteers, are they fire? We are a planet too. Wind, water, land, heart. and heart. So this is just the same thing. Yeah. They, yes, they still Captain Planet was a was a in human form though. Just like Lilu. Oh my god. Oh my god. And orange hair. Ahem. Well, Wait, no, Captain, Captain Planet has green hair. Captain oh, Planet. I thought he had orange hair. He wasn't. He had like he orange hurt, underwear, though. maybe? Alright. <laughs> Specific Zorg question. When he was shooting up the ceiling and the sound was a bunch of wood falling. Yes. How do you guys, what do you think about that? I just watched some movies that had horrible foley, so I don't care. I'm sure they did it better than what I was watching. My only thing was that earlier on, there's like a bunch of shooting sound effects, and it's like, oh, cool, like plaster and metal is falling. And then Zorg starts shooting at the fifth element. And I was like, Oh, he was wood. shooting at I like literally, the sound effects right now is wood oh, falling yeah. on the ground. I was like, this room is wood? Uh... I don't know. That was my biggest technical issue with this movie. I, was I feel like that, that gun had so many different. <laughs> Maybe there were wood bullets. I yeah. did not. I mean, <laughs> wood bullets. Wood bullets is bullets. in my notes. They're because they're for vampires. <laughs> it makes this sense. gun only shoots George Washington's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> A little musical thing. A little bit of musical singing. So now we would be doing 
recap of what we liked or disliked about this film. Is that the same as hot or not? What are we replacing that with? Oh, no. I'm not replacing it with anything. It's just usually when we do hot or not, we talk about why they're hot or not. So we should be moving on to... I would say that section is, is why did you find them? So sexy. Yeah, so sexy. New segment time. <laughs> we are giving a funeral to hot or not. I thought it was cool, but apparently it is... Oh, no. 2000 and late. It's not that we're doing an end to Hot or Not, it's just that... No, we're replacing it. I would just like to say that. The conceit of this show has always been that we find these villains sexy, so sexy. but for a bunch of episodes, we have asked each other, do you find them sexy or not? New segment... It's blankety blank. Why do you find them? So sexy. So sexy? As Why do you is... find them? Okay. So sexy. As is our jingle. I, personally, was done being like... I don't find this person sexy. From now on, I'm but gonna, what if we? Don't? I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Okay, ask me. Well, uh, well, if you don't, you don't. Just say I did not find them so sexy. So, Markella, why do you find Jean Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg Zorg? Oh goodness, so sexy. Why do I find him so sexy? I can think of a couple of reasons why he might be sexy. If he keeps his mouth closed and I don't see his teeth, and it's a low-lit, <laughs> candle-lit room. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to stop that right there and just be like, you're a soul patch girl. What does that mean? He has yeah, a soul patch, patch, and that's what you're oh. going to see with his closed mouth. No, no, no. You like soul patches! Mark likes soul patches! It's, better than, like it. soul it's patches. better than his teeth. It's better than his teeth. <laughs> yeah. If I saw him at a grocery store... At night, like that'd be fine, <laughs> but and that's why I find him so sexy. Ask me next, and I'll do it. Eric, why do you find <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme, <laughs> uh, Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zork so sexy? Mainly Jean Paul Gaultier's amazing clothing design choices. Sweet, sweet choking on a cherry and. Sweating like a real character actor. I did like that he choked on a cherry. That's I think fun. that was like yeah. a realistic choke. Every time I've seen this movie, I've been like, I really hope they slap him in the back. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's actually choking. <laughs> so Gary Oldman does a great job. I love the costumes. I love his passion. He's such a fucking dick. He tries to stop pure good from stopping pure evil, which is about as evil as it gets. That's interesting. But it's also Gary Oldman's Darth Vader, and he has a sexy, sexy soul patch. Natasha! Gross. Why do you find Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg so sexy? I am in between. One hand, on the surface, he looks successful, and he, he wears really cool suits. But on the other hand, based on his haircut, I feel like he would talk like a douche, but then he doesn't. He actually seems like he would be kind of funny. But then he has that weakness where he kind of just, like, sells himself. Mm. He would probably Just not... to get a buck? Oh, he sells anything. Yeah, and no. He the wouldn't thing treat is, anyone is like, he was with with very much respect. I, I don't know. Because I think... <laughs> Here's mm. the thing. Like... There's one thing where it's like, oh, you have that bad boy thing about you because you're an arms dealer, but you really sell arms. And your arms are good. You've got all these fancy equipment. Yeah. 
They're not bullshit arms. But then you're a total wimp when it comes to this guy calling you. He has like a sexy, nerdy wimp. He does his best against an astral deity. I mean, he's but still he negotiating. Is the one. That's but true. the thing is, is the deity needs something from him. So like, you hold the cards, man. You already got what you wanted. It is true. He has one thing that deity doesn't have. A soul patch. I can't. <laughs> Why do you find Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg so, so sexy? Uh, I like, well, first of all, I like his tiny little robot collection that mm-hmm. sweeps out after him. Uh, <laughs> the Roombas? Yes. I like. We didn't have those back then. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's a, from what we can tell, he's a self made man, he's an art collector. Pretty much similar to what yeah. Natasha was saying. Uh, but he is also an arms dealer. Uh, he, you know, when he's in this group with these larger, tougher-looking aliens, he's in control of the room. It's true. He's in charge of the sale. He's Rich. arrogant. Mm-hmm. He he's thinks he can arrogant. do anything. He's got a big ego. Uh, he's got a cool plate on his head. Cool plate. He's got a <laughs> gotta have a great accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a southern accent. God. And he, really, when yeah. things yes. aren't working out, he just does it himself, just like you yeah. said. He goes and takes care of business, and would so, yeah, but he did that out of desperation, which I. Are don't you saying that when he dies, he dies with dignity? Because no. at least he no. got out of his office and tried. No, but he got his just desserts. Well, maybe because I feel like his other option is basically I. When he talks to Mr. Shadow, black ooze drips down his head. I presume that's like Mr. Shadow being like, I can do this to you. I can do a lot worse. That is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) So like, if you don't do this, you're just going to turn into black ooze and you'll be dead. Your head's going to burst open or something. You'd be more attractive if you didn't get in business with pure evil in the first place, but then there would be no movie. I like it when he knew where his power lies. That's the thing that makes him just a bit unattractive. It's like, he's a five thinking he could get a ten. And it was like, stay with the fives. You had all these threes and fours and twos and ones beneath you that you could just rule over at your pleasure. But no, 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 no. You want to go after the supermodel is when that, you didn't have supermodel goods. Is that when his wimpiness yes. shows up? Yeah. Okay. When the blood, like, he's so stressed that there is blood slipping down his forehead, like... Not sexy or cute. Because you got in over your head. You went above and beyond the moon. You believe the lies your mom told you. I don't think he did. I think he was thrust in over his... Like, Mr. Shadow takes control of him. How did that happen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one thing you get to make up for yourself. It's just like... I think he was... Because he was... Well, no, because when they shoot the missiles... No, they shoot a probe in. They shoot a probe into the planet, it goes dark. But then it starts broadcasting signals out. And I think that's when... That's later. When it when they just first shoot stuff in, it just absorbs stuff and gets bigger. Oh, it just keeps getting bigger. Way, way later, it starts to broadcast a single signal, and they're like, who would they be talking to? And that's when you first realize that Shadow is talking to Zorg. Because oh. I thought they would do that earlier, okay. too. Like, some okay. sort of thing, but... So it would have been playing the hand too early. At first, you don't think that's connected to anybody, but then you realize, so holy to shit, Mr. Shadow. ultimate evil is talking to this capitalist okay. arms dealer. 
Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because when okay. they just shoot him in the beginning, it grows it enough grows. to yeah. blow That's up right. the ships. That's like, right. yeah. It's just sort of a immediate threat. Okay. And then you realize some asshole on Earth has been collaborating with ultimate evil. Should I, should I bow tie our why we find him them so sexy and the what food would they be with my um with I've, my with my hashtags from Tumblr because I forgot to do them earlier. I think we can still do food or Tumblr. So if nobody's thought of food, we could just do Tumblr. You mean skip it? Uh, I was no, thinking like I the mean, bow tie, like in that little button in the middle of the bow tie is when I do my tags and then we branch off to the food I question. Wish. Let's keep plugging Tumblr, even though there's no porn anymore. We just, we're not plugging uh, the website when we do this. Just the friends. <laughs> Tumblr is in disarray. It's actually not that bad. It's just different. It's actually refreshing. Tumblr Y'all sure different. Okay, yeah. these are my Tumblr hashtags. Hashtags for uh, Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Hashtag relatable. Hashtag jerkass. Hashtag favorite angel from my favorite movie. Hashtag trying to get that comb over. Hashtag cool guys don't look at explosions. Because you know how it exploded and you didn't look at it. Alright. Yeah. And then hashtag... Oh, well I guess this isn't that... I, I copied these before I watched the movie, and somebody's hashtag was torture me, but he doesn't torture anyone in the film, so that is actually not that clever. However, but I it mean, does point out that someone is into him so much that they would like to be tortured by him. So, in that case, it's relevant. Super if that elephant gets into it, I mean, bring it on. It's just a pet. I think but it's what just if like... it's integral to the torture? <laughs> like it gnaws on your... I can't stand it watching me. <laughs> Maybe it just watches you while you are with yourself. I can't stand my feet being tickled. Oh. So seriously, yeah. that elephant in my feet is like, I don't want it there. But I mean, if it was tickling my feet, Shut that up. would probably... <laughs> what if it's just there to watch you? I'm working this elephant into everything. I think Eric. it's like it's like having, you know, those videos you see and someone's at work and they like open their drawer and it's like, oh, their doggy is sleeping in there. Or their kid. Yeah. It's like that. It's like his Because it was in a drawer in the desk, right? Yeah. Like, Eric, I think it's there I to do not watch. think about the elephant the way I think about cats and dogs. I have to put that out there. I love cats and dogs in a very right. amiable way. Okay. <laughs> what food... I have feelings for that elephant. <laughs> it's okay. I like that ant lady just fine. She mm, had like an ant face. That brood queen and the elephant could meet... What no. are you talking about? I just don't know. I see him as a uh, oyster with a side of lemon. What are you talking about? <laughs> Zorg, the food. Zorg. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the elephant. Save it for the food. <laughs> I thought you were like, I consider the elephant like an oyster. <laughs> okay, so, so Zorg. Right. An oyster with lemon. Why? Yeah. The, the reason for the oyster is because the shell is like the plate on his the head. Plate on the head. Oh, oh, and the, and the lemon is like the zest of his glowing. Oh, wow. And the, nice. the oyster guts are like the weirdness of his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go rapid fire. I'm going to rapid fire response that 
my Victor's my my yeah. Zorg was uh, Dippin' Dots, colorful and gone before you knew it. Yeah, and wow. also very violent, and very good. cold, and very smooth and shiny. Wow, actually, that actually worked better than I thought. Oh, I did not give this a lot of thought. You could uh, call Marco? them Zippin' Zorgs. Um, Zippin' <laughs> I I did also did not think about this one iota. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to quickly go with um, tw- those Twizzlers that you can um, unrope them and they're just silly strings. Mm-hmm. Shoving all of those in your mouth, A, because I hate Twizzlers. I think they're disgusting. So- and having all, like, maybe like a quantity of like two untwizzled Twizzler ropes stuffed into your mouth like if a big you, spaghetti. If you like licorice, like you are familiar with licorice laces. I love licorice. Twizzlers, Twizzlers got into the laces game way late. With yes. Twizzlers, I think they called them Twizzlers peels. So Twizzlers you, peels. Oh, they're not good. No, they're not. And I think they actually came in like multicolors now that I think about it. So let's do the multicolors just for funsies. Sure. Mm. All those in your mouth, bleh. It's not for me. It's too much... I'm just gonna say lemon heads, because they're the guy in the package. The guy looks in the package. So the guy in the package, yes. They used to be my favorite, like movie time candy, because you really can't find them anywhere else but the movie theaters. But also because like they start off sweet and then they become super sour in your mouth, and you're like, what's happening? Wait, don't they start out sour and get really sweet on the inside? Sweet Depends which one you get. Yeah, I guess it just that would be no, horrible I just don't know if they start. And the more, and, but they're addictive, and you just suck them all throughout the movie, and so by the end, you have like a raw <sighs> tongue and mouth. Right. I don't know why that relates to him, but but I would say he, that he, he would be painful to digest all around. I think Consent. anytime you met with him, you would feel pain. <laughs> oh God. Because he either, like, tries to blow you up or shoot you. Or at least lord over you. Yeah, which is annoying enough. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to follow the new format. It's well, there's Thank the guests. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Okay. See you guys later. <laughs> okay, well, um, he's gone now. You know what we didn't do before we actually say goodbye? We didn't Can actually... Can I plug my other podcast? Yeah, shut We're not starting that yet. <laughs> oh, okay. What are we doing next We're going to give that the most airtime. Yes. Oh. So we actually... Um, it's February. Yeah, hang on. I actually wrote it down. Wait, but that leads into oh, March. Shit. Is it my birthday? Where is it? Is it my birthday <laughs> today? <laughs> it's a leprechaun month, so... Which one do we do? The first one? You're fucking all of them, man. <laughs> no, we can't do the hood in space. We the have whole series. No, just Jennifer Aniston. Just the first. The first. Why? The f- you can. Eric. Have you watched? What was Eric, that? Was that? There's so much to Eric. From the we first. did all of the Hellraiser films, all of the Friday the Thirteenth, all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. So why wouldn't we do all of the Leprechauns? Okay. She's got you there. We can even include the new one. There's a new one. The Leprechaun Returns. Good God. Oh, it's so good. It'll be the last Warwick Davis film made, very sadly. It's not him. <laughs> Is he already dead? No, he's no. not dead. <laughs> well then, was the last Warwick Davis film a leprechaun film? No, it wasn't. He was oh. probably Star Wars then. 
Okay, everybody, we've decided we were doing Warwick Davis and whoever that new guy is um, in the Leprechaun franchise. Kaylin, um, plug, plug yourself. Me. Hello, my name is Kaylin Knowles. We I love you, Kaylin. Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast called The Issue at Hand, where I talk about comics with some co-hosts. I also am on a podcast called Talk and Chat, which is a improv game show. I'm also sometimes a guest on a podcast called Spoiled Again. If you like movies, which listeners to this podcast should, um, that's <laughs> it. That's all of the podcasts that I'm on. Thank you. You're on like, a lot of podcasts. Well, I am a man of many hats. Yeah. Where is your hat? Yeah, I left it in the car. That's a lie. I don't have well, a car. we just love we love that you love to talk. Every time we have you on, we always have a good chat with you. And yeah, we will have you again. Your ratings increase. <laughs> Do we have ratings? We have numbers. Um, thank you, Kaylin, for coming back. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this is one of my favorite films, so I'm glad I got to be on the podcast Yay. today. There's there's guests we have that speak with a passion, and I think that we're one of them oh. because. We're nerdy. <laughs> um, so, what are the other changes? We're trying to up our internet so one, presence a bit. One main change is I'm doing this Twitter thing where I'm live tweeting a bit of character expo without digging too far into my notes. That's a oh wait, but right before we plug. record. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we did say we'll get to follow our other stuff. We'll, we're not going to announce our next. We might our next thing right now, do we? Yeah, we totally did. What? Leprechaun. 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 You mean, we're doing Leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you? Well, I'm going to live tweet some Leprechaun, I guess. <laughs> Where are you right I now? I thought it was going to be a surprise. I thought what we were going to All right. This is isn't coming out until February. You're so in you phase one. Tweet. Um, follow the only us on Twitter. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, maybe maybe it's coming back, maybe. Yeah, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Tumblr, SoundCloud. What are our tags on this? Uh, iTunes. That's it. Is it all the same? Super Hot Bad? Uh, hot Bad Pod. If you Google that, you'll pretty much get a hold of everything we do on Tumblr. I did change it to, I think, Super Hot Villains, maybe? Um, just to be more visible on that. I'm so impressed with how, what? how quickly you say that and don't say hot guy. I've... Are you the Harry Potter <laughs> library guy? Were you the one that was like, oh, I never know how to say it because I went to the library and Harry Potter's gob pop oh, pot back yes, gob. I am that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Can I do a hair pot take? Hair pot gob. Hair pot gob. Hair pot gob. Okay. <laughs> if you search that in the library... It will bring up Harry, Harry Potter. Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everyone, get permission from Dan. Oh, I totally thought of one and forgot. Stay sexy and keep Natasha. Keep yeah. Natasha? No, 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 don't do that. Don't if do you that. can be, be, be Natasha. You know what? I'll second that. Hmm. I'm very um, cozy. These are your fucking send, send-offs? No, I thought hey, of one and forgot. Look Play. how chill Natasha is, though. Be Natasha. Do I need to do one of these? Yeah, just say, like, goodbye or something. Goodbye or something. 